Hi everyone, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. I've got a special guest for you today and we're going to be getting wild. Erin, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. So, who are you? What do you do? And why are we getting wild today? Yes, I love it. Um, well, my name's Erin Bowdy, and I have been working in leadership development and behavior change for almost two decades. And I discovered a tool called the Enneagram as a part of the work that I was doing to sort of shift behavior. And it it changed my life because so much of what I'd experienced in business, uh, business strategy, um, my background in behavior changes in social marketing. So there's some beautiful synergies in what you do in the world and what you're helping folks do with social marketing. And I recognized that it was hard for people to make lasting change. Um, And this lack of understanding of what we do and why we do it really filled that missing piece for me. And so I use the Enneagram now as a tool to sort of hit fast forward on what gets people stuck um, in terms of how they align their people management skills or business skills or marketing or strategy uh, as a way to sort of break some rules around what maybe society tells us is appropriate in terms of our approach and how we, as we know ourselves, we can say, hold up, wait, that doesn't work for me. And there's a reason for that. I'm going to try this instead, right? So just really the empowerment around finding strategy that works for you. And this tool helps us get there a little faster. Awesome. So what are the common things that people get stuck on? I, I mean, uh, just everything, right? <laughs> Procrastination, yeah. um, uh, inability to get organized, maybe having this sort of wide linear approach to my business and I'm not really sure how to prioritize or why is it hard for me to ask for the sale? You know, it just whatever sort of, I think tender behavioral thing might get in the way of us taking action on our business. Mm-hmm. Um, comparison, I think is a huge challenge for folks, you know? Yeah. Um, and ultimately there's a reason behind that. That's unique to us. Sure. So just solve for what's in front of us. We often don't make a lasting impact. Yeah. Got you. Okay. So, so let's, let's rewind a little bit. How how have you got to this point? Why why you? Why me? Who? Well, so <laughs> I've been doing behavior change for a long time, mm-hmm. and I took it a lot here into, into sort of cognition. I I knew a lot of things, right? Um, I've got a graduate degree. I'm finishing my PhD. You know, so I consumed a lot of information around how to shift. But until I had my own kiddo and my own kiddo who has really high needs, Mm -hmm. I didn't really understand the difference between consuming something and integrating and embodying it. Yeah. And so she really required that I had to do my own work outside of just understanding it. Um, And so for the past seven years, I've really gotten a firsthand practice at what it means to shift your mindset, what it means to practice presence and consciousness, what it means to break a whole lot of rules and do things differently. 
Um, and so I'm really passionate and feel really um, privileged that I get to help people learn from the, not just what I know, but what I am, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. And I guess for, for a business owner like me, it's very easy to dwell on the past or, or be thinking about the future because you're constantly planning. How, how do you make sure someone becomes grounded that they're going to engage with what you do? Yeah, that's a really great question. Because like with everything, um, we have to we have to put in the work with mm-hmm. it. Uh, and so a lot of behavior change in relation to business strategy, in relation to marketing, in relation to how I show up in my craft has to do with my ability to effectively recover and repair. How quickly sure. can I pivot from the instance to the state that I want to be in? Because perfection is not possible. We're humans. We're messy. We're supposed to be messy. We're supposed to be wild, you know, and we're getting conditioned to think that um, perfection or sort of steadiness or predictability is something we can actually achieve. And it goes against sort of our wild natures. And so I think helping people build mindset capacity and the, the resilience of how do I, okay, yeah. How do I turn a bad day into good data? That didn't go as planned. I didn't do what I needed to do. How do I pivot and show up tomorrow with the best that I can? And I think it's that cycle that is the difference maker for folks. Yeah, I know. That's amazing. So what's the what's the typical business owner that engages with you? What what would they what would they be suffering? Yeah, um, I see a quite a variety of different folks. And because I center the Enneagram first and mm-hmm. I get to know their personality type, then we really see how unique they are. And so while we might have similar pain points, what they're after could be really different. So for example, um, working with um, some business owners who struggle with the comparison lens around, you know, sales, marketing pushes me to have these five, six figure months, close big deals when, you know, their personality is at a slower processing pace. Mm. It takes them longer to get places. And so I had this particular client who just felt dumb in business. I'm just not good enough. I must not be smart you know, I'm dumb kinds of language. And when we sort of pulled back and held her personality against it, it was like, she's not driving for these short-term five-figure months. She's driving for 10 years of long-term success around book deals and large stages to speak on. And so it helped shift her goals to recognize I'm not a driver here. I don't want to sort of meet these big, big numbers every single month. Yeah. But I do have big, big, big dreams and goals. And so allowing that flexibility to say, you don't have to sell like that to be successful, right? And really helping her figure out what enough was for her and what her strategy was for her to to make moves in this longer direction. Yeah, sure. And I guess uh, some, something that I work hard on as well is is what is success. I think I think if you're measuring yourself by the metrics that everybody else measures themselves by, you're you're pushing yourself towards comparison when 
the reality is that success is different for everyone. Yeah, preach it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, what what's the strangest situation you've had to to help centre? <laughs> Um, well, that's a really good question. Um, I'd have to think on that one a minute. You know, I, I'm really lucky that I get to work with a lot of folks who are really interested in making changes that work for their lives. Mm -hmm. And I think the hard work is figuring out what's important to them first, right? Because exactly like you said, is the comparison and looking out and sort of paying attention to what other people think. Mm -hmm. And so maybe somewhere in there, there's the strangest, I want to be like X, Y, Z out here. When in reality, as we dig in and figure out who you are and what you want, that sort of dissipates. That's probably yeah. why I can't hold on to it as much is because ultimately at the end of the day, my whole purpose is to get to know what makes you tick yeah. Um, so that we can build systems and structures around that. So I'm certain there's something strange in there that I'm just not holding on to. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess um, as we, you know, entrepreneurs are, are an interesting breed of people anyway, things quite quickly don't seem that strange anymore. <laughs> it's, I think that's it. I think you're onto it, Joel, because I've worked with folks who are, in therapy, I've worked with folks who, you know, educate in sex for a living. Sure. And, you know, I've worked for church organizations. I mean, every spectrum of topic. And they just, when you sort of get into the person, none of the, the industry feels weird or different or strange because the person's so authentic and true and wanting to achieve a goal. So yeah. I'm certain there's something in there. Yeah, I wondered if you'd say about the sex educator. I was weighing. I, I, I teed it up, but we never got there. So, so. Yeah, yeah. It's It feels so normal to me, right? Yeah. Because that's, you know, a part of, that's just the widget used, right? Yeah, ultimately they're trying to help someone. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't It doesn't matter. Yeah. If they might sell paper clips, they might be a sex educator. Ultimately they're trying to help someone, so... Yeah, totally. So yeah, I guess that's why I'm I'm conditioned around yeah. just super normal. So obviously we we've called this episode Get Wild. Um what does that mean for you? So I'm from Montana originally. Yeah. Um and I'm sort of a wild girl at heart. And I spent a good almost 17 years in corporate America trying to be like other people, trying to be like the success metrics mm -hmm. that were set for me that created the benchmarks for my bonuses and my raises and my promotions. And really, ultimately, it was the birth of my daughter and her needs that had me really questioning, who am I? What do I believe? What do I need? Right? Mm -hmm. I really had to do some radical healing and it felt a lot like I was breaking rules all the time. I was going against the norm. I was breaking free um, from what I had built as success. Yeah. And it took a lot of recognizing that what I was doing was okay. It wasn't a sign of failure. It was to your words. I got to sort of redefine what success looked like for me. 
And so today it's like, wow, if I can really understand a person, if we can champion the fact that if I hold on to the wilderness, right, that it takes us getting lost in order to get found, right? We have to be willing to go deeper than anybody else. We have to be willing to sort of be a little bit terrified. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you sort of find your way through. Um, if, If I can hold on to who you are and we're willing to sort of get lost to find the other side, I find that we're able to create our own version of success and what that looks like and it's really 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 exciting i love that i said to my team this morning because it's monday we have a team meeting on a monday and i and i said to my team uh your greatest successes will come on the other side of fear and and they they all got it straight away i actually um full disclosure i showed them a picture of a mouse trap with a piece of cheese on it and said said what do you see and Uh, everybody said, well, I see a dead mouse, I see pain, I see a trap, I see um, discomfort. And and then I said, okay, ask me what I see. And and I said, I see free cheese and a challenge. Yes, I was going to say an opportunity. Yeah, And, and it's that whole thing that you're talking about, that you've got to be willing to get lost or face the fear or uh, walk into the woods and then with a little bit of unknown. So what kind of tactics do you deploy with, with people to one, get them to trust you to let them get lost in the first place and and two, to then help them find, I guess, I guess you'd refer to it as being centered, but to find who they really are. Yeah. Yeah. So we first start with getting really, really clear about who we are and what we believe in. And I think that's where trust is built because when I use something like the Enneagram and I'm interested in not just knowing what you do, but getting clear on why you do it, right? So I can understand the difference between behavior and motivation. Why is it why is it hard for me to quit worrying about the future? Right? Yeah. Wanting to the people in our lives who ask a million questions. Why do you need to, to be so sure before you act? Um, so I think the fact that I can see really, really clearly, often with language that folks don't always have for themselves, because these habits are, they're in our subconscious. We often can't name or see them. Mm-hmm. So the act of being able to bring them forward, create some grace and tenderness around it, and some strategy for us to sort of fall and recover well, in that process, we build a lot of trust. Because it's, I can see you. Um, I can honor who you are and I can support you in ways that maybe it's been hard for others to do as quickly. And then once we know all of that, we get to breaking some rules. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Help me understand how you're approaching your business. Help me understand how you're approaching time and money and strategy and priority. Um, What does growth and success look like for you? And let's make sure it's in alignment with these values. We go back to this over and over and over again, just to really challenge, are you doing this because this is what you think success is? Are you doing this because this is alignment with what you said you want to be in the world? And once we sort of break all of that down, then it's like, okay, let's put it into action. Let's build processes. Let's find resources and team and support. Ultimately, I want the work with me to be finite. 
I want you to get what you need and then move on. Because ultimately, if we're really interested in evolving our business, we need a team of really dynamic people (laughs) with very specific skill sets to get us there, right? We're good at what we do, but, you know, it's, it's not meant for us to touch and pull every button and lever in our business if we want to do it well yeah if you're an entrepreneur don't pull the thread don't pull the thread (laughs) it's like the worst thing you can do on a monday don't do it so so i i I absolutely love this so uh, like uh obviously the, the podcast is called stay hungry our motto is stay hungry we've got stay hungry plastered all over the walls um and it's all about doing your work from a a base of core values and then it's so mm-hmm. much easier to be motivated to do it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's so much easier to hold yourself accountable when uh, you know it's based on your values, where I think mm-hmm. so many business owners get lost in, we, I mean, if in truth, most business owners get lost in the money. They either, yeah, yes. they, they want to make too much or they spend it too quickly. It's, it's one of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, or they get lost in over-serving. So they, they, they really, really want to help people, which is a great quality to have, but it's also the, the, the one thing that's going to hold them back if they mm-hmm. forget that they're a business. So, <laughs> so how often do you see this? And, and, and what do peop- how do people react when you shine that light on them? Because that, that must make them feel really vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, It's been a few times where folks are like, wow, I didn't realize that this was going to be the work that I was doing, right? As we sort of get in it and it's like, oh, this is, this is softer or more tender or closer to my middle than I was maybe prepared to be. Sure. And then yet it's like that, that usually happens right at the, the precipice of the wilderness, right? Right as we're sort of approaching the woods and it's like, are you ready to go in? Are you ready to go all the way? Are you ready to sort of get lost and be terrified yeah. and not really be able to see and trust that I've navigated these woods before, right? And we're going to make it through to the other side. And so oftentimes it's that sort of tender quality that catches people off guard because so much of business is outcome driven. Mm -hmm. So much of coaching and sales and marketing is outcome driven. And I love that you're like, nope, we start with value first, right? Because that's the gas in our tank. Yeah. Keeps us shooting towards outcome. But, you know, the coaching platform in the coaching world is all like, I can get you to a $10,000 a month and I can help you close the, you know, this. So it can feel cold. Mm-hmm. It can feel unemotional. It can feel sort of operationally minded. I would say that would be the thing that differentiates folks um, in terms of when they work with me. That's probably the biggest surprising factor. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot. A lot. Do what? Yeah. Yeah, I bet. But I, I, I think, like you say, when they hit that kind of peak vulnerability that they're on the edge of the cliff, mm-hmm. I bet it's amazing for them just after that when when they when they open the doors. I think there yeah. must be some amazing things that you talk to people about that they've probably never talked to anyone about before because they thought it was unprofessional. Yes, yeah, and let's I'm all about smashing that, you know. I I don't believe in work life balance. I don't. Nice. It, it's it's a, a 
a concept that a man created in the eight in the eighties and wrote a book about, and we all sort of strive to separate ourselves, uh-huh. which in turn is a is a process of dehumanization. Mm-hmm. How do I leave half of me at home and half of me at work? Right. There's nothing inherently natural or wild about dehumanizing myself for productivity. And so I believe that personal development is professional development and professional development is personal development. And we bring our whole self to work. We bring our whole self home and we have to learn how to pivot in and out, how to have healthy boundary. All of that's true. But this whole concept that I get to be different in these places is such a fallacy. And I think we've set people up for major, major disappointment for a long time. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I 100% agree. And I'm, <laughs> I'm currently trying to persuade my wife that that's correct too. That that I can, <laughs> that I can be, you know, switched on with work, but not so switched on that I'm like, not in the moment, sort of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hi. So. I've been through a process that's got me there. How the people you work with, how do they cope when they get to a point where they're, I guess, comfortable in their own skin? So they they bring they bring the real them to the workplace, and then they look around and everyone around them hasn't done the same. <laughs> like surrounded yeah. by robots. Yeah, that uh, that's a real thing, Joel. Woo. That's a real thing. And I think, and I'm sure you'll agree with me here, that this is where values hold us together, right? They're the glue yeah. that hold me together. So the waking up process, you know, I have, a, I have a couple of clients I work with, one gentleman in particular, who just sits in in his world right now and is like, all right, I'm, I'm being held together by my purpose, even though what's around me isn't aligned to my purpose. And so our work is to figure out what can you sort of, pull from this experience as learning opportunity? How can you be in the driver's seat and be in power here, give less, have healthier boundaries, know when to sort of check things at the door, all as you're building the future iteration that you're after, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Without sort of losing momentum in your current seat as a springboard to the next seat. Yeah. But that waking up is really hard. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean, we we use a phrase called "start with why." So we always go back to why are we doing this? But mm-hmm. I feel like I've got like a massive bullshit detector now that I didn't have before. So I I'll go into a meeting awesome. and I can immediately tell if someone is being themselves or if they're saying what they think they should say. And it's it's really scary because we turn work down now based on people who aren't being genuine. And after, and they can get quite upset, and I find that mm-hmm. quite a, an empowering but terrifying realization. <laughs> so, so well, isn't isn't that cool though that you can sort of source out authenticity? Mm-hmm. And what isn't authentic in productivity culture is when I tie my worth up with what I do. Yeah, and so these people who find that the, you, you that you find aren't a good fit for you, that feels like a personal rejection when it's not. It's just an alignment issue. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, good for you for being able to tell the difference between somebody whose tender ego lives in here and someone whose tender ego lives outside of them and in, in their what they give to the world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess it's 
are they looking down on the situation or are they being in the situation and the mm-hmm. the divide between the two so how does how does somebody get in touch with you how does somebody work with you um my website is livingtheenneagram.com um and lots of information there about how i do the work that i do I also, in my values, really want um, the work of mindset and consciousness and shifting behavior to be more accessible, mm-hmm. um, to go the sort of difference between consumption and integrating, right? That takes practice yeah. showing up for a, to the gym. And I think that should be available to everybody, just like I can go for a walk outside. Um, and so my Instagram page, Living the Enneagram, and my YouTube channel, which is also Living the Enneagram, are all chocked full of free resources as a place to show up and practice um, shifting behavior. So uh, it's really, really important to me to be accessible and impactful in my work. Amazing. That's cool. Loads of free resources, people. Get on it. So yes. my last question, and I ask every guest this, you may or may not know. Uh, what's your favorite film and why? Ooh, my favorite film. I have to pick just one. So if if folks know about the Enneagram, I'm a type seven, which means I have a hard time not having all the things. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick one movie ever, I think it would be Meet Me in St. Louis mm-hmm. with Judy Garland. Um, it was the film my grandparents went on on early in their dating post-World War II. Uh, my grandfather was a prisoner of war um, for several years. And my grandmother and he met by writing letters back and forth and then met in person. And so I have this really um, rosy colored way I look at the world when I watch that movie um I think about you know happier times and sort of the birth of our family all that comes with it so every time I watch that movie I'm just flooded with love and joy and um sort of taken back to the history of our family so I think if I had to pick one that would be it you've you've set a new bar for the answer to that question that that is a great no one's going to top that that's my 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 grandfather was a prisoner of war and that's why yeah we're never going to beat that that was amazing so it's really special it's a really special movie that's lovely Erin you've been an awesome guest thanks for coming on thanks Joel for having me appreciate it